Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to another Believe in Mavs. I am Alexander Tosopoulos, joined alongside by Raymond Felton. It's been a minute. It's been a minute, but they're, uh, you know what, Raymond, honestly, I couldn't even bring myself to talk about the Mavs the last two weeks of the season, man. I got I to gotta be honest about it. How what do you think? Just quick thoughts on on the very uh, very end of the season and the the last kind of two weeks there, and what what the maps put together. I really just couldn't really understand, you know, what was going on with them. You know, they just they wasn't together on the court, and um, you know they dropped some games that they should have won, and kind of put them in a situation where you know they needed the last two games in order to have a chance to get to play for a play-in and yeah. then we both know what happened with that you know um i don't understand that situation i can't speak on it because i wasn't in no meetings i don't know why they did what they did and um yeah yeah that's okay that's all that's all i can really say on it no um, no yeah knowing the way to that... say anything right i don't know nothing about but you know i kind of wish those guys would have you know played it out and try to see what they can do. Sure. It didn't happen that way. So, so let me, let me, I'll present a couple of facts here because I know, (laughs) I know the way that you look at the game and we talked about it. I mean, the last time we were together, Mm -hmm. we're talking about load management and I have a couple of questions about the new CBA. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of the awards, you know, you have to play 65 games in order to be considered for them going forward. Um, And I think at least for the all NBA teams this year, that would take some of the guys that are going to get second team, third team, um, out of that contention, but that's this year. Next year, when the CBA comes into play, it'll be a totally different story. But as of this morning, the NBA fined the Mavericks seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars for resting. I'll, I'll read some of the the actual statement. The Dallas Mavericks' decision to restrict key players from fully participating in an elimination game last Friday against Chicago undermined the integrity of the sport," said Joe Dumars. NBA executive VP, head of basketball operations, Dallas Mavericks actions failed our fans and our league. Now, I think, um, you know, it's important to note that Jay Kidd came out and let everybody know that our guys were going to be arrested going into that game. I know Kai was, you know, he had been dealing with a foot injury for some time for previous three weeks. So that's what he was listed in the, you know, in the reasons why he was a DMP Luca played the first quarter, a couple minutes in, or a couple of seconds, really, in the second quarter, and then they yanked him. Um, there were other guys that were missing. I think Reggie and Maxi were out of that game too. And Tim. And Tim. And Tim. Um, now, the reality of the situation was that even if they had beaten the Bulls, that the Thunder would then have had to lose against the Memphis Grizzlies, who were already locked in at the two seed two days later. Um, and if you go and look at that game report, as people were predicting, as I'm sure internally the Mavericks knew, um, the best player on the court for for the Grizzlies was Kenneth Lofton Jr. You know, like like, and he dropped 42. Awesome. He actually just got signed to a four year contract by the Grizz, which is amazing for him. Um, he he was a I think a G League All NBA or All NBA All G League team. Um, I think he got MVP too. Did he give you MVP? Fantastic season. Awesome. We got to to watch play, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but look, he's not gonna he's not gonna crack the rotation, or he'll play limited minutes when we get into the actual playoff series that the Memphis Grizzlies are gonna play against the Lakers. Right. 
So I say all that to say we we knew where the Mavericks were going to be. I think most people knew that the Thunder were going to win that game. The Grizzlies were going to sit there, guys, and not risk anything. So I guess like the NBA's big problem with it is that Jake had said something before the game because the Portland Trailblazers shut down Damian Lillard mm-hmm. two and a half weeks ago. I, I to me, I don't see why it's that that different. But I would love to get your perspective because I know how you feel about if you were one of those guys in the locker room and you had a chance, you had even a semblance of a chance, mm-hmm. what you would be doing and what you would be telling the rest of the guys in that locker room. Hey guys, you know, let's go do it. No question. No, no. We gotta. We, we're gonna go out and try to fight and get these two games and. You know, see what happens. You know, anything can happen. You know, yeah. Those guys who don't give a chance, get a chance to play, can go out there and play one heck of a game. And you know, they are they are pros too. Yeah, and beat and beat the Thunder. You know, that could have that could have happened. You know, so now we get a chance to get in the game, but now we now we tank and don't play. Well, I ain't gonna say tank. Well, because the guys on the court are all playing to win. Out. Yeah. Right. And they play well. They know? almost did win that game. They almost yeah. won the game. So, you know, like, you know, on the boy Theo Pinson. Triple double. Triple double. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? So um I don't know. It's 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 a it's a slippery slope because the league has allowed it to happen for so long. For yeah. guys to just sit out. Yeah. You know, teams to just sit guys out because they rest and sit guys out because it's low management, sit guys out because it's injury uh whatever like you know just coming off an injury so we don't, we don't want to play them so many minutes and so many games right away there's so many things they got now that they can do whereas when i first came in the league man everybody was playing at least 70 games yeah plus like it was just unheard of for guys to sit out like guys was playing i'm talking about stars to my guys like tim duncan all these guys was playing big minutes and yeah. playing over 70, 70 some games like throughout the season. Plus, you know, back in the day, the Spurs was in the playoffs and was going to go deep in the playoffs. So these guys playing every over, year, every single yeah. year. So they playing 90 plus games and not 100. So, like, I don't know. It's just different. So with the new CBA coming in saying that guys got to play at least, you know, a certain amount of games, I'm glad they're putting that in because, you know, that's making guys play basketball. That's taken away from the game when you got fans, you got certain people looking for these guys to play for a, for a matchup and yeah. it doesn't happen, you know? So Yeah, yeah the, the cutoff point is 65 for all NBA consideration and any of the major awards, mm-hmm. um, which I, I like that a lot. But, I mean, I, I, br- I brought it up earlier. You know, a guy like Steph Curry this season, a guy like LeBron James, both played under 65 games. I mean, even, even Luka. He only played 66, you know, in two of those games. One of them was that Chicago Bulls game where he played a quarter in a minute. And then the other one was the one where he injured his ankle in the first half of the first quarter. Mm -hmm. So realistically, he actually only played 64 full games. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's it'll be it'll be interesting. And then obviously there's the um, the midseason tournament, which won't be a break to then go to that tournament and play it. But it will be specific games throughout the regular season that will have financial implications um, for the guys that are playing in those games. I think that'll be really interesting. Mm-hmm. I actually think that that could be a successful endeavor. And, and I I love that they're just trying things because you, you kind of have to do that. But um, yeah, I mean, if you can make me care about a November game between the Rockets and I don't know, the Warriors. Cool. 
That's cool. And then the and Jalen Green gets to go out and he, he scores 45 and 45 points in a game that really, really means something. Um, at least for all those young guys on that Rockets team and they're and the Warriors aren't sitting guys, like good. That's a success because that's what that's what we want. Um, at least I that's a, that's what I want from a fan perspective. But amongst other things, so we have the seven hundred fifty thousand dollar fine. You know, Nico has come out and said, Jay Kidd's our guy. But we definitely need to make some roster moves. Um, for you, who are the who are the guys that must be on this roster next year? Uh, I don't know. It's a I'm tough question. That's tough, right? I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't know. I mean, because if you look at what happened at the end of the year, you know, these guys really didn't gel with each other. Yeah. So when you lose. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, a guy that's like guy that's like your utility man, plays defense, plays hard, rebounds, um, make big shots, especially that corner three. You know, you take away a guy like that, a guy like him, J- Jay Crowder and PJ Tucker, means so much to teams that they don't realize it until it's gone. Right, losing him, losing Jalen Brunson was a big hit. So now vocal vocal leader on the defensive side of the ball too. Mm-hmm. And and JB vocal leader in that second unit. Like right. period. And just yeah. a vocal leader, period, because he was the only guy that really outside of Luca that can really do a lot of damage on the court from multiple positions. From, not multiple positions, from multiple ways. Like, yeah. like he was a leader. He can pass the ball. He can shoot it. He just knew how to play the game. And that's why he can gel with Luca so well. Because he knew how to play basketball, even with Luca being a high volume shooting guy, you know he holding the ball a lot, so he still was able to be effective, and that's something big. That's something that you know I know they're missing, so that's why you're hearing a lot of noise talking about, you know, his daddy was the part of this, and you know you're hearing a lot of stuff being said dealing with Jalen Brunson because they miss him. Because I mean, look at the Knicks, look at what he's done with the Knicks. You know yeah. what I'm saying? With Julius Randle playing at a high level, then you bring in a point guard like that that's able to, to like run your team and control your team and be effective like he is. I mean, they what number five in the in the East? Like, yeah. You know, I mean, you know. I it, people don't people don't show their six through ten MVP votes, right. right? They show their top five guys, but he'd be in my top ten just because of what that team just did. What he did, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. You have to you have to put him into consideration one hundred percent, like. If you're just talking about what he's done for that team and the change that 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 was made once he got there, right? Yeah, you know that. To yeah, me, that's that's what that's what determines the most valuable player. You completely, know? completely agree. I think that's one yeah. thing that like people forget about, and they got so wrapped up in this Jokic and versus Embiid yeah. conversation. Like yeah. Embiid was the four seed last year, mm-hmm. Jokic was the six seed. Both of those teams got into the playoffs. Neither were in the plan. You know, mm-hmm. and once again, they're back at the same spot. And okay, Jokic is the num- the, the Nuggets are the number one seed in the West. Mm-hmm. They both made meaningful jumps, in, in my opinion. But I was listening to oh, Q Rich yeah, talk the other day, and, and he was talking um, with Ryan Rosillo, another guy that knows ball really well. Mm-hmm. And they were just talking about the Suns. And when Q Rich was on the the Suns with Nash when he won mm-hmm. his first MVP, and he was like, people don't they forget that. We were not. We were supposed to be the worst team in our division, and we won sixty plus games. Like that's the impact that Steve had, and he mm-hmm. was he was the the starting point for everything that we did. He was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a name out there to you. Yeah. I don't mean to cut you off. I'm no, no, put no. A name out there to you, and I want you to tell me what you think. 
and why he's not in the MVP talks. To me, to me, he's top two. I put him in front of Embiid. A lot of people may think I'm crazy. I don't care about the scoring. We know Embiid is the most dominant big man in the league. Who can stop him when he really goes to play? Can't nobody deal with him. You know, so he should be the scoring leader. He should be averaging all those points. And back to back, back to back scoring leader. Right. And don't get me wrong. I'm not taking nothing from him. Like he's a great player and he yeah. should be in the conversation. No question. But my man, Shea Alexander, my man, SGA should be in there. I'm sorry. For a team that they said they had no chance, like point, point 0.5, I think they said 1.5% chance to make the playoffs. Yeah. And for what I, he's done this year with that team, for that team, and don't get me wrong, they've got some other guys over there too that's play hard. They just play hard. But he's the heart and soul of that team. He's the leader. He's the guy when the game gets on the line, the ball is in his hand, he's going to get a bucket. This man is averaging over 30 points a game. He's got to do it tonight. He's got to exactly. continue. Yeah. So why is this man not in the conversation? Like why he's not top three? I it's think stupid I, to me. I think he'll end up being, when, it, when the votes come out, he'll be number five. I, on the list, saying. you saying number five, like why he's not top? He should be up there. I don't get that because you talking about the okay Oklahoma City Thunder, who nobody even looked at to even do anything this year, and they've yeah. gone in and beat people. They've gone in and done stuff, and he came out and he's killed. Like I'm talking about from the start of the season all the way to the end. Like oh yeah, he started off the season forty, getting forty, getting fifty, getting thirty something, and then kept it the whole year. Well, I hope that I do hope that they beat the T Wolves. Me too. Because I want more. That, I want more people. That, to, all that mess that went on with with, with, with Rudy and all that. I ain't like that. Yeah. I, I mean, he's yeah. I mean, you 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 put that in combination with when he put his hands all over the mic when he when the COVID right. stuff like yeah, man, come on, man. He's just and. He's just a French guy, dude. You know, like no, I'm just kidding. Um, but I want people to watch the Thunder play in a full series because mm-hmm. a lot of people, a lot of people that are NBA fans, don't get a chance to watch the Oklahoma City Thunder night in, night out. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about this guy did it all season, and guess who also did it all season next and next year? I think is going to be very much vying for an All Star. Josh Giddy, that guy can play. The hoop. I like Josh Giddy. He almost had a 30, 30 point triple double in that game. Six eight and can and can and can play the way he can play. Ooh. But hey, both listen, of those they, guys they got a dangerous team, man. Such a dangerous team. Chet, obviously their biggest issue this year was the rebounding. Uh-huh. Giddy led the team in rebounding. Didn't he have, even have eight rebounds a game? Uh-huh. Chet Holmgren, I hope that he's doing everything he can to be putting on the the healthy amount of weight and muscle for him to get stronger so he can be that interior paint presence for them defensively next season. Mm-hmm. But the crazy thing about them, and I look at like, like they are a team with a bunch of young guys, bunch of young guys, which can be detrimental at some points because somebody has to step up as a leader. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, again, like I mentioned the Rockets and obviously I'm a Dallas guy. So I, I love kind of poo-pooing the Rockets. That's, that's one of the things that brings me joy, but they, they also have a very young core. But I don't feel like things have been identified as to who should be the leader on the offensive side, on the defensive right, side, right. who should be the voice that's connecting the players to the coach on that team yet. They have a lot mm-hmm. to figure out. Yeah. But the Thunder, you've got SGA, who is your guy. He will be your top 15 player in the NBA. He will be your number one on your finals contending team. They're mm-hmm. not quite there yet to be a true contender. 
but they're on the, they're on the path. And then you got Giddy, who can be your playmaker. Like no one takes away from anybody when they're out there together. They they're all playing in cohesion. You got, you got Luke Dort, who who plays extremely hard, gonna guard anybody, and just tough and can hit. Tough. Now, and he's worked on his jump shot, so now he can hit threes. So, you know, they got Wiggins. They got, man, what's the other kid that can really shoot it? I can't think of his name right oh, now. Oh, Isaiah Joe, Mavs killer. Yes. Isaiah Joe, yeah. Isaiah Joe, like the Williams kid, the rookie that came out of nowhere, like the one that played at Santa Clara, I think, right? Mm-hmm. He, yep. He's J-Dub really good. J-Dub really and J-Will. Yep, yeah, both those guys. really good. So, you know, like they got they got something, you know. Sam Press has always been good at getting talent and, and figuring it out. Like when you think that, you know, all oh, the thunder is gone, Nah, they come back and you know he's proven that again. And so, it only you know, took like right it only bigs, took like two years. That's what I'm saying. So you get the right bigs in there with that team because they play hard. One thing I like about them, they look like a college team to me. Yeah, they play hard. I don't care who's on that court. I don't care what the advantage was. You would think with with New Orleans, they got big old Valachunas down there, and they did try to do that. They tried to throw the ball to him and do that, but shoot, man, they was trapping him. Running out there, closing out, man. Listen, they was like a college team. Like, yeah. it's fun to watch. I can sit and watch OKC play before I can watch all these other whole high profile teams. I can sit there and watch them play before any of those because they play the game so hard. And I feel like I'm watching a bunch of young kids, which I am. They are young, young for me. Yeah, but a bunch of young kids who care about the game and they playing hard and they they care about each other and they just they just want to win. And yeah, they just give it everything they got. I'm serious. Like one thing about it, if I see them down by 15 at halftime, I know what they're going to do in that third quarter, and I can leave the game and come back to it. They might be up two. They might right. be up six. Like they're just the type of team that OKC is. You can never count them out. Never. And it and it, and it stems from Shea and the way that he plays. Mm-hmm. But even in that game against the Pelicans, I think he went out with like two minutes left in the third, and they were down by ten. He mm-hmm. comes back in the game at the, at the beginning of the fourth or like a minute into the fourth, they're up by two. So it's mm-hmm. not just him. Like these, mm-hmm. all these That's guys compete mm-hmm. together mm-hmm. and they're, they're all young, like you're saying, but they're all playing like they're, they've been in the league for five years. I mean, Jalen Williams, not, not the guy that's going to be second in rookie of the year votes, but the guy from Arkansas, mm-hmm. the big, mm-hmm. he didn't start a lot of games this season. He, he goes, steps up, starts in a play in game, hit a huge three with like five minutes left. He missed a lot of them, but I mean, he held his own in the paint against Valanciunas. Valanciunas had a good game, but he only shot nine times. And if I'm if I'm Willie and I'm the Pels going into that game, I'm like, Jonas, you have to shoot 16 times. You have to get into the paint and bully these guys. Every time. But ultimately, okay, I want to move to the Pelicans because they have Valanciunas. He has a good game. They do not have Zion Williamson. He is a healthy scratch from this game. And, you know, he comes out and he says... It's a mental thing, right? I can play three on three. I'm just not there with my body, trusting it to go five on five. Um, I want to get your opinion because Rudy Gay has a show on the network and he basically made a call out to Zion and said, you have to do whatever it takes this offseason as a 22-year-old to get your body into the place where you can be playing 70-plus games. Mm Mm-hmm. Heck, 40 plus games, right? How about how about more than half the season? Like, let's set the bar low. But well, for what he's they, getting paid, they pay you $200 million. Okay. You have to, right? So, what, so, what do you, are you agree with that? Or you think I, there's I, even I more behind it? I agree with you. You have to now it's becoming mental because what I'm hearing for what he just said is I can play 
but mentally I'm not, I'm, I'm scared that I'm going to get hurt again. That's what I hear when I hear him say that, what he said the other day. So me, my advice to him would be basically kind of what Rudy was saying, go, go do what you need to go do, rather dieting, like just go kill yourself for the whole summer. Like, you know, and I don't mean literally kill yeah. yourself, but put your body through so much stress to prepare yourself for the aches, the pains, the bumps, the bruises that you can withstand that throughout the year. Like just take your body through it, get yourself in shape, get your body strong enough, get your body like lean enough, all the things you got to do. And us South Carolina boys, for the most part, you know, ain't built like Ja. Ja got the skinny, slim body. Yeah. I didn't have that type of body. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's been seasons where I had to come in and that they had to jump on me a diet plan right away to get my body fat to a certain point. It wasn't that I was fat. It was just that I, my body fat wasn't, it's not like everybody else. I don't have a lean body. Yeah. You know, so what, what, what was really, it? For, what was it for you that like was most effective? Was it, was it dieting? Like, like a certain plan, like meal plan, not dieting, yeah. but a meal plan or was it? Yeah, it was a certain meal plan and just sticking to it. And sometimes you might eat the same thing like three, four times out of the week. So what? You know, you just got to stick with it, you know, and it's boring. Don't get me wrrong. Yeah. But you got to stick with it because I mean, it's your job. I mean, you got to do something. You're doing something that you love to do, you know, at a very, at a very high level. And, you know, you got people coming in every night trying to take your spot, you know, right. every night, every, every year, you know, so you gotta, you gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do. You know what I'm saying? If you want to stay and I was blessed to be able to play, you know, 14 years. So, you know, you know, and, you know, I, I've had those conversations. I've had those, you know, talks where people say on, on social media, like, oh, Raymond Felton's, he's a little overweight. You know, he's, he looks big. And it's like, nah, just my body type, bro. Like, <laughs> I have yeah. a stocky, I have a stocky body. Uh, like, it was just one of those things where growing up as a kid, you know, I had a lean body. But as I got older, you start to see who my I mean, who you, who my you, daddy is right you, you fill out yeah hey, i mean it's genetics dad, you, yeah you yeah. see my dad you'd be like oh, okay i get it you know stocky he's a stocky man so you know that started to become me as i got older in age so it's like no i'm not in shape so then when i go out there and i play and i'm playing at such a, a level they're like what well, day how he playing with his weight on him is ain't the same weight the stockiness like you look at my body fat you look at you feel my body i'm hard as a rock right it's ain't flab you know so it's yeah. like you know, so it's just like they didn't, a lot of people didn't understand that, you know, because now, now it's about appearance. And I think mentally what he has to get in his head, stop worrying about appearance and what people think about you. Your body is your body. Zion right. Williams would never be a skinny, lean guy. So I would tell Rudy Gay that. I would tell anybody that's talking about him. He's never going to be skinny. Get that out your head. He's not going to be that person. And right. I feel like if he do, he's going to take away from who he is He's going to take away from his game and he can eventually probably really hurt himself. You know what I'm saying? So having a strong impact body for the way he's plays is great. But what he needs to do is learn how to get his body fat count down, mm. stick with a diet throughout the whole year and just play, play, right. play, play. And I promise you it'll keep you healthy. Stay with those trainers, Stay on that training table. Stay with those trainers. They're gonna, you know, make sure that your your body's good. You know, get the cupping and the massaging. All that stuff helps with your muscles, your bones, all that stuff. 
take your supplements that you have to take. All that stuff matters, man. I'm telling yeah. you, like it takes a difference of you playing 50 games or playing 79. Like if you look at the average games that I played, I played at least my my average is 70 plus, hands down, my whole entire career. You know what I'm saying? And you can say, oh, he was overweight, whatever. I still played a lot of games. Sure. I mean, if you're out on the court, I mean, that's that's the real complaint, right? Because when Zion yeah. is on the court, the guy is effective. He is probably a top 15 basketball player on the planet. When he is on right. the court, he mm-hmm. has not been on the court. So I, that's what I was saying. I, I, I love that you say that about like, forget the aesthetic appearance thing. Forget what right. everyone is saying about that. Drown, drown that out. Because what's important is whatever gets your body to the place where you are playing 70 plus games a season. That's all that matters. And I would say, I would say the same thing for Luca too, right? Like, yeah. And he, and he needs to like, you know, change his body fat. Yeah. Don't change your body because that's who, that's who you are. Right. You have a big body that people can't do nothing with you. So you keep using part of what makes him so unique is when he gets to the paint and he plays with that, that change of pace and guys are bouncing off him because he's exactly he's a unit because he's huge. Like exactly. Exactly. So like, like don't change that about you. Don't, don't change none of that, but just work on your body for your health and for your, and keep you away from your, keep you away from injuries. That's it. You know what I'm saying? Like just, just do that. But you know, that's, that's just something now that everything is such, appearance now yeah it it gets in these kids head now you know and that's just that's just critics sure you know people on social media talking about you you know what i'm saying because you know like he he dealt with that he dealt with that all year like people talking about him people saying this about him like and it's like forget what they talking about man he's dealt with it his whole career both of them you got 200 million dollars forget them okay but okay go work on yourself the two hundred million, though, like, okay, do you think that in some way, because the mental aspect, I love that we're talking about this, because I agree, mm. I, I would imagine it's so, so, such a huge component of it. Yeah. Do you feel like, because he can play in three on three, mm-hmm. like, is it about changing his motivations to, to get to a point where it's like, all right, these are the guys that I want to compete with and win a championship with. Because mm-hmm. to me, that's where the disconnect is and the way that I approach the game. And obviously, I never had $200 million in my pocket. I never had any money in my pocket. I was just playing because I loved it. <laughs> but I feel like that's gotten in the way a bit of mm-hmm. of what can... The competitive edge of being like, forget how much I'm making. What's most important to me is... And I don't know if then it becomes, let's change it from money to legacy, because if it's legacy that's on the line, then I better be out on the court competing in this playing game to get another round potentially of getting to the playoffs and competing to get to the Western Conference Finals. And then I can say as a 22-year-old, I got to the Western Conference Finals and shut people up for two years, whatever it is. Like, I just, do you think, do you think he needs to reframe kind of like how he's approaching the game as well? And, and with this current team, of the Pelicans, I just think no because what I see him do do this year, like they was at the top of the West. Right, just get on the playing. court, just get on the court, and the rest will just take play care of itself. Exactly, because yeah. you know he's that good. Yeah, he's that good. He's that dominant that you know you had your team without Brandon Ingram, mind you. Yeah, you had your team number one in the West. At one point, it was number one without Brandon Ingram, and y'all was balling. Right, and, and they played. They played that. 
they played that playing game obviously without him, but they played it without Alvarado, who's an important part of their team defensively. Exactly. They played it without Dyson Daniels, who he's a rookie, but he was good this year. He was a big part of them during their success when they was when they was playing well. So yeah. you know, you still missing some key guys, but I feel like if you bring Zion back, if he comes back, they win that game tonight. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm just I, saying they they win that game. There's, there's no way OKC can well not OKC. There's no way that no they would no they done they they're done. done now. But they would have but they would have beat OKC. Like yeah, let's be, be honest. Yeah, they'd beat OKC. Yeah, because you 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 have nobody to deal with him and Valachunas inside. You know no way. So yeah, yeah, you got nobody to deal with both of them. So um, yeah. So I, I just feel like he just got to find a way to just stay on the court. And if he finds that they. They they gonna be one heck of a team. Yeah. Know? Okay. Guys stay, guys stay healthy. Okay. I want to ask you this real quick, um, and then I just want to get your your NBA playoff picks. But that, and then we'll we'll, we'll wrap it up at that. Okay. Caleb, but first, Caleb Love, mm-hmm. UNC guard, transfers mm-hmm. to Michigan. Mm-hmm. Michigan big man Hunter Dickinson potentially going to Maryland. He's visiting Kansas this week. There, There's guys all over the portal. The, the portal is becoming a massive, massive part of college basketball. I am I am in a bad, bad place because the Texas Longhorns, Dylan Mitchell and Tyrese Hunter, our guards, have declared for the draft. And we just lost a five-star prospect who's now going to Australia to play professional ball, the Illawarra Hawks. Um, good luck. I, I mean that. I do. But I wish you were playing with the Texas Longhorns. Um, Guys are transferring. Like Arterio Morris, our five-star guard, who's from Dallas area, um, he's transferring. Who knows where he's going to go? Why do you think this is happening? Especially, I look at the Texas case. I look at Caleb Caleb Love's case. Um, it's obviously a little different for Love. He's been there for a minute now. I I have to imagine that his biggest factor is implications of where he will be drafted in the NBA draft next season. Um, going to play for Jawan. That's a. There's not many guys that are like him, that are coaching college basketball right now. That had that level of NFL, NBA pedigree. Um, obviously, Cube is awesome. He's an awesome coach. He's doing a great job. But it, it is different, right? What is? But you're leaving a blue blood, like UNC. Well, like, wait, like talk to me. I mean, Michigan's a blue blood too. I mean, you have the Fab Five there. Like, what, what's the idea behind that? And why would you do that? Like. I just it, I'm scratching my head for some of these guys on on why they're picking up and leaving a program that has so much history spoiled. and is com- is competing. Spoil. You deal with a bunch of young spoiled kids now who who social media drives their life, their careers, and they got 150k followers and. You know, they give them a blue check and they feel like, you know, they're somebody. And um, a lot of kids forget the art of hard work. You know, just because you go in the gym and shoot shots doesn't mean that it's effective. Like, you have to go in and really work. Like, you, it has to hurt. If it don't hurt, then you ain't doing nothing. And I think a lot of them think they can just go and just go through the motion in the gyms and, oh, yeah, I got some work in today. And, and that's good. Yeah. Nah. To play at a high level and to play on these high-level college teams, that's how you have to train yourself. That's how you train your body. That's how to, mentally you have to prepare yourself, you know, because you, you're going to be on all the highlights. You're going to be on all the major TV 
You're going to have the major TV games. You know, you're going to be seen a lot. So right. with that being said, it's a target on your back. So you got to be ready to go. So if you don't work on your game properly, you know, it's going to show. You're going to see the slippage. And I just think that, you know, some of those guys didn't really get in the gym the way they should have. And I could be wrong. You know, sure. this, this is my opinion. I could be wrong. They could have worked their butt off the whole summer. Um, but I think that when you come out, you don't have the season that you wanted. And it's like, okay, you know, maybe it's this ain't the right place. And I'm not saying this because I'm a Tar Heel, but what other place in the world is better than playing well, that, for University of North Carolina? And you, know, and, and you had the opportunity. The I'm just saying yeah. more scouts in the world come to watch Carolina than any other school in the, in the country. So I, I, that move I don't get. Now, going to play for Juwan, who is my big bro, it's a great thing. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. He's a great coach. You know, yes, he has a lot of NBA connections. He's played in the league for so many years and he's coached so many more, you know, before he went to Michigan, you know, but at the same time, you know, you still at Carolina and then you still being coached by somebody who also played in the NBA, Hubert Davis. Right. He played in the league too. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just one of those things where, I just feel like that transfer portal makes it easier for the, makes it easy for these kids. You know, oh, this coach ain't treating me good. It, this coach ain't playing right. right. This coach ain't do this, so I'm gonna go transfer. And it's like there's no penalty because now they can transfer and play right away. Yeah. So before when you transfer, you had to sit out. A whole sit game. out of here. You're right. Right. Well, and I think like not not like there are there are times and examples already where it has been beneficial to guys in giving them more national spotlight. Mm-hmm. They're going from a mid-major to um, a bigger school, and they got to put it on, and then they ended up, um, you know, in the NBA. And to me, I just every every situation is different. But Caleb had an opportunity, amongst other guys on that on that team this year, to <laughs> to do something really special. At, coming off of a year where they had a ton of momentum and where he could have been a leader, and they could have put up twenty three plus wins, gone to the tournament made another run and made some serious noise and then he might not even still be in college right now but um so i'm i'm interested to see what happens with this michigan team for sure but okay before you got to go i want to get your your picks here in the nba playoffs (laughs) just gut check we'll we'll say that um i don't think you think that either of the eight seeds are gonna get to the western or eastern conference finals is that is that fair to say whether it's the bulls or the thunder Nah, I don't see that. Okay. Um, who do you think should be playing each other in the Western Conference Finals? Western Conference? Yeah. And who will win that series? If I had to pick, I like... I'm making you pick. I'm making you pick. I like I like Denver. Okay. And if Paul George comes back, I like the Clippers. If he comes back. If he comes back. Now, if he comes back, they would play each other in the second round. Oh, they would. Because uh, Denver's at the one, so the, the clips would... No, that wouldn't work. So it'd have to be between the the Grizz and the Lakers or the Kings and the Warriors. Then those teams would play each other in the second round, and then one of them would advance. I mean, I, mean, I guess I got to go and go to state. Yeah. 
The Kings are going to be a bad matchup for them, though. You think you think the Nuggets can knock off Chris, Kevin, and Devin Booker and DeAndre Aiden? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay. I think they got a they got a better bench. Yeah. They got a better bench. I think that's going to come into effect, and I also think that um, that they match up. They match up honestly because I mean, who can stop? KD, nobody. No. But you still can put um what's his name on him? Um play that Arizona. Gordon. 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 Yeah. You could put you could put Aaron Gordon on him, right? Yeah. You know, being strong, athletic, you know, can't stop him. Who can't stop KD? But you know, can you know basically do some damage. Yeah. DeAndre Ayton to me can't do nothing with Jokic, but you know, still, you know, athletic, strong. You know, still, still, that still, would be a huge series for Aiden. Yeah, yeah huge really series, but still an effective, still could be an effective situation, right? Yeah, CP if he gets and, if he gets CP cooked in that Jamal series, Murray. though, CP and Jamal Murray. If Jamal Murray, the old Jamal Murray, comes to play, CP gonna have problems. Now, Big CP time. is so smart, crafty, but he he can't do nothing with him. Yeah, about six four, six five, and you know, CP can't really do nothing with that. You know, then you got Caldwell Pope. Who's going to play hard? And he's going to be a champ. Defender, champ. Shots, got a know. ring. Knows how to right. do it. Exactly. So you know he's going to him and Devin Booker. You know. Yeah. So you know then you got um at that at that uh then you got well Michael Porter Jr. and who else they start? I don't know who else they start. A Kogi. A Kogi. Yeah. Kogi. So you know I like I there. I like him. Yeah, I he like compete. a Kogi too. He plays he hard. Plays defense. So, you know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like that matchup is somewhat even. Yeah, but for me right now, I still give Denver the edge. I do, you know. Okay. What I'm saying? So I have right. to go with Denver in the, and go to state in the Denver East. In the East, go, go quick, go quick. Milwaukee. Yep. Will Milwaukee and Boston have to play each other? Uh, no. Milwaukee would play the winner of the. They're going to play the Cavs. Okay, so. <laughs> I play the Cavs. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Milwaukee and um, Milwaukee and Boston. I see that. I see that matchup back again. And then repeat of the finals, or is Milwaukee getting the better of the Boston? Milwaukee gonna get them this year. I like the way their team is built this year, and Drew Holiday is playing at a high level. High level. Yeah. Very high level. The highest. The highest level he's played. Right. So you know, you, you add guys like Jay Crowder. You add guys like Joe Ingles that nobody talks about. <laughs> Guys like that. With he's one of my. He's one of my favorite players, man. That's what I'm saying. Like you got guys like that that know how to play, knows yep. how to win. So you know, you to me, they got better. To me, they are better. So with them being better, and they was already there for the last two or, or two three years, yeah, contenders in the East. Like they're they're going to be there because they know how to win. Yep, they know how to win, so they're going to be there. So I, I see those two being there, and then I see them getting the better of Boston this year. I Love it. All right. Raymond's got the Bucks winning. I think I'm joining him. I'm joining him on that one. Uh, that's been another episode of Believe in Mavs. Raymond, always appreciate you hopping on, man. Uh, we'll, we'll catch you guys next time. All right. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.